Hey y'all, um, it is a crazy time to be alive. If you're listening to this around when it comes out, you know that we are in uh, just about the middle of the United States, uh, you know, portion of this global pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic. And um, I just wanted to address that at the start here. Um, it's a wild time. It's a crazy time. Uh, this episode of developing was recorded way back in February. So, you know, we, if it sounds like we're way too loose, uh, for the middle of a global pandemic, we weren't, uh, we weren't really on top of things then certainly didn't discuss it here, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to put out a lot of episodes. I'm trying to put out everything that I can, because I think we just need as much, um, to take our minds off it when we can and when we want to as possible. And, you know, I've always thought these were good podcasts that I've recorded and getting around to putting them out has just been, you know, not my, not my priority. And, um, now I've got time and availability to do it. So yeah. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I think John's, uh, John's his real name. I think John's a, a really interesting guy, more interesting than me in many ways. Um, and let's get into it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Developing. I am here with my guest today, Bridge Livwatt. Uh, he is a podcaster, musician, and we're, we're going to get into a whole bunch of things because we came across each other first on Twitter, I think. Mm -hmm. That's where we interact. He's also a, a social commentator, maybe a good way to put <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but let's start with the very first question. Uh, what are you working on and how is it affecting you? How is it changing you? I love this question so much. It's got a complex answer. Um, I'm working on a few things. Um, I have two podcasts, uh, The Wax Museum and ADD Masterminds. Um, I'm working on some music right now. Um, I released two double singles um, under Bridge Live Watt. And I'm also building an artist collaborative, which I call Air Smudge Collaborative. Um, mm. So most recently, um, I released a Wax Museum episode on how our view on war speaks to the value with human life um, with my friend Theosaurus Rex. Um, and then like Tuesday, I'm going to be talking about Richard Rohr's book, The Universal Christ, with my friend uh, Kevin Millard, um, which is a fascinating topic. I'm kind of wrapped up in this whole like what is religion kind of tangent. I just get on all these tangents. Um, yeah. I've been reading Sapiens by Harari, and his take on everything as religion is is so interesting. Um, I just I have this tendency to obsess over thoughts, and so the Wax Museum is a way for me to work those ideas out. I want to arrive at a better understanding of the nuances of issues so I can build bridges between polar opposites. I mean, essentially, that's what I'm trying to do with everything I do is build bridges. Hence the name Bridge, which is not my real name. That's my artist's name. Um, I'm actually John Howie. <laughs> but uh, so my, my, uh, in everything I do, whether it's social media posts or my music, like all of it is just trying to build bridges um, and kind of maybe throw out some of these ideas I've been obsessing over. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about Air Smudge, about this artist collaborative project. Um, because I'm, I've, there's, I'm always interested in collaborative work. That's something that has followed me throughout my whole life is that I've always wanted to work with other people yeah. on art projects. So tell me more about that or the motivation behind it. Okay. So the motivation behind it is that I, I, I you know, 
initially, you know, my thought was I, I know quite a bit of artists, quite a few artists that will invest a whole lot of money into what they do. And then they have to make that money back in selling their art. Now with music, that really doesn't work if you spend so much money on it. Um, authors, you know, that happens too. Um, and then even with podcasters, it's like just trying to figure out how to help people build a zero overhead model for initiating their projects. And so mainly what I'm doing right now is podcasts. Um, I've been doing um, intro music or sonic branding for them. Um, I um, I released the two Bridge Livoat projects under Air Smudge Records. Um, I'd like okay. to get into publishing. And so essentially what I'd like to do is an author has a book or a manuscript. Um, I'd like to read it over and edit it for them. And then, you know, if they are pleased with how much help I gave them, we could release that under Air Smudge Publishing too, right? But the idea is to create a free service, um, artists helping artists. Hopefully I can you know, bring enough people into the col collaborative that we can provide everything anyone would need for any kind of artistic initiative and we can do it with mm. zero overhead. Mm. What, um, I mean, th does that, what are some of the challenges that come along with that so far as you've been working on this project? Well, it, I, I think, you know, getting the word out there um, is, is the initial challenge. I, I think I need to build a website so I can show everything that we're working on, um, which is difficult to do with zero overhead. And I just, to have time to do that, um, time management is such a massive thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we were talking about that before we jumped on here. Mm -hmm. You were saying that time management is something as um, not a full-time podcaster or a full-time artist yeah. that you feel like you've you've not mastered necessarily, <laughs> but maybe gotten pretty good at. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you do to make sure you have good time management? So what I've done is I've created um, I've created margins, and so. Basically, the way my week works right now, because I, I work full time um, and I travel quite a bit for work, too. So definitely on my travel weeks, I don't do a whole lot artistically. Um, but on a regular office week, which would be pretty much every second week, um, mm -hmm. I will Mondays are my wax museum days. And so I always say I'm going to do wax museum at like seven um, and that goes for like an hour. And then after that, I've got, you know, my time, um, Tuesdays I have off Wednesdays. I was going to use more for blogging. Um, I'm kind of holding off on that right now because I am studying for certification <laughs> in my job too. Mm. Um, and then Thursdays is music. So I'm going to continue to work on my album every Thursday. Um, and then every second Friday is the ADD masterminds. And then Saturday is my edit day. And I may, you know, complete the music project I did on Thursdays. Um, and then Sunday is my Sabbath. And so, um, I take every, like, I take the day off from anything creative, including social media. Um, and that kind of helps me recharge because what I do is, is very intensive and mm -hmm. it's very easy for my identity to be, to be wrapped up in what I do. 
Um, mm. And so, I mean, it's funny. A lot of people like will look at my social media feed and be like, whoa, like that's a lot. I'm like, yeah, that's not even half of it. <laughs> you know, there's Is that just... why. Sorry. Is that why you kind of separate? You said you don't want your identity to become what you do. Is that why you separate your social media feeds for personal stuff and for uh, your 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 I guess artist name, podcaster name? Yeah, I I think you know, and I kind of have this like dichotomy between Superman and Clark Kent. Um, mm. And and so I I think a bridge of water is like my Superman persona. Um, and John Howie is my Clark Kent. And it's like, what my family needs is Clark Kent. Um, what a lot of people in my life need is Clark Kent. And there are some people in my life that don't even know who Superman is or care to know who Superman is. And I'm okay with that. And I think it used to be, you know, like, you don't understand my poetry that I wrote. You don't love me, you know, and it's like, but it's like being able to separate the two is so has been so healthy for me. I I really believe that good mental health is um, finding the optimal balance between doing and being. And so Bridges mm. of Watt is my doing. John Howie is my being. Mm. I like that a lot. Hmm. I have a hard time. uh I have a hard time being productive because I'm, I like Twitter so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe more than bigger than Twitter. I have a hard time, um, staying down to one thing and one thing for a long time. So I've been practicing with like, I've, I've tried to really, really hard get back into reading after I graduated last May. Um, when, when I went to, when I was in college for four years, I don't think I read a single book for personal taste after you know high school and beyond i i had been reading tons i used to just just read every night before bed if not more often um and so i thought something was wrong with me and then i graduated and realized no something's wrong with how much time was being asked of me in college Hmm. uh and was able to read more which was great so i'm trying to keep up with that habit of reading consistently reading often yeah and i've had to um I, it's a weird way to put it, but I've had to build up a tolerance to reading in that if I sit down, I read a, a page or two pages of a book, I immediately feel this um, pull to want to check Twitter hmm. uh, or to check Instagram yeah. or even to just get up and do something else. And so I've had to like work myself to like, I'm going to read 10 pages, then I'll check. And then the next time I'm going to read 15 pages and then I'll check. Yeah. Um, but I'm always curious about everybody's, methods maybe just for managing their time on and off social media especially people who seem to like social media and like being i don't want to say like a a figure because you know it's not like either of us are are figureheads on twitter but but who enjoy the twitter community so how do you manage your time well i I mean part of it is um like i've a lot of what I do is I'm putting ideas out there. It's not as much of me like being curious about what other people have to say. I know that sounds awful, but, um, yeah. And so what I've been doing is a lot of times if I have an idea, I just add it to notes because I'm like, I can't, I could post all day, every five minutes just with the things that come to my head. Right. And so Mm. I actually have a queue (laughs) of things that I'm going to post later. Um, 
And so that ends up being, you know, like it's almost like my creativity flows through social media first and then it filters into the wax museum. Then it flows into ADD masterminds and then it gets into my music. And so these ideas, I'm just constantly writing them down. And then I try to maybe, I don't know, keep it down to like a couple times a day that I post on Twitter. Um, And I've been doing, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't really, I think those are basically all my social medias that I use, but I have like multiple accounts on each because of the different initiatives I have going on. And what I've been trying to do is do different stuff on each medium. Mm. So I, I, what do you mean? Different, different stuff, different, different posts. So I, I used to post the same thing on every medium. Gotcha. And now it's gotcha. like, no, I've got enough material. I could do something totally different on each of them. Um, it's funny. You, it's funny you mentioned that because I take a month's break from Twitter every five months that I'm on. So mm. I always, I'm, I'm always off for December, and then I'm also off for uh, what, July, I guess, and mm-hmm. um, or June. And um, um, when I took my last break, I started writing down the things that I really, really, really wanted to tweet in my notes. Oh, um, interesting. Just for the fun of it. And yeah. what was interesting was I found that if I could harness that self-control, um, maybe not even self-control, but like um, I I didn't write down the tweets that were like boring. I only wrote down the good stuff that I thought like, this is worthy of being put in my notes. And if yeah. I could do that with my own Twitter feed, I think I'd have a better Twitter feed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I um, tell you, how do you host two podcasts? And do you feel like the, it's hard to keep the content from uh, overlapping? I don't know. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Um, the two podcasts are very different. Um, so even if it does overlap, the way the content's going to be presented is going to be different. Um, with the Wax Museum, it's kind of a single topic podcast. ADD Masterminds is basically what it sounds like. Um, there's multiple topics, and it's very ADD. And so we'll probably spend about five minutes on each topic. So I may even say, on the Wax Museum, we talked about this, and I'll only talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll move on to the next thing. And it's almost like keep it moving so it doesn't get boring is <laughs> kind of the idea. Mm. Um, but I I have actually, with ADD Masterminds, I have a list. And it's more of those, I, I have lists upon lists, right? But um, ADD Masterminds has like this list of a whole bunch of different things I want to talk about. And my, my co-hosts will add things from time to time too. And some of them are just like crazy musings, you know, funny funny bits that I think would be good to add, but then, you know, sometimes it'll have something profound in it too. So it's um it's kind of it's an art piece in itself. Like I don't know of a podcast that does what we do. Interesting. Um hmm. Where else do you want to take this conversation? I'm I'm open. I, I you've got so many different projects. I'm I'm like bouncing around to wanting to. And now I want to ask about your music, and <laughs> all that type of stuff. But I I want to respect that. I try to keep this podcast as a uh, a guest led podcast <laughs> to some extent. So, um, 
I don't know. What, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to tell me about? I could talk about my music a little bit. I actually made a little bit of notes on that. So, <laughs> Great. Um, so right now, um, I, I've released um, Eccentric Electric slash Hey 2. It's like a, it's a double. Um, and it, it's funny how, like, when you start getting feedback on something you release, you know, there are quite a few people that are like, oh, I really like the beat in Hey 2, or that hook is really fun. And, um, and I'm like, you know, I, I think often like with artists, it's like the thing that takes off is not always your favorite. And I kind of favor eccentric electric. Yep. Um, I'm I'm an Enneagram four. Um, so I, I think any eccentric electric is kind of a theme for a four. And really, it's mm. it, it drives at what I was thinking of um, when you asked me to come on your podcast. Like I wanted to talk about art and mental health um and so i have this this line in eccentric electric where i say if i can just write it down and transform it into sound if i just say it out loud would it be better now and i mm. i think that's what we're trying to do with art a lot of times is like i i, I need to get this out of my system um but i i think you know it's like that that balance between doing and being where it's like, okay, yes, you get it out of your system, but if that's all you do, if you're just constantly getting stuff out of your system, that becomes who you are, and you don't really know who you are anymore. It's almost like you are who whoever listens to it says you are, and when you're not getting the feedback you want, it's like you're depressed and you're sad. And I, I find it's like once I find that balance between being and doing, I'm now just putting stuff out there and not really worrying about how it's landing. Um, I, I have a favorite comedian on Twitter, and he tweeted today, and I told him I was going to quote this on the po- your podcast. Yeah. And he said, I'm having fun tweeting great ideas and jokes all the time for no money and barely any love. It's a lot of fun. It's not a sickness at all. Uh, I love that guy who, so much. Who was who was that? Chris Locke. He's a Canadian comedian. I just I'm just I stand him. I just love everything he posts. It's so that's funny. Great. But it's like great. I, I, I think that's it. And I think a lot of a lot of artists are sick. Um and I try not to be sick, but I have my moments. Um and I, I think there is something um incredible about artists who can take you to hell and back again. And, and bring you to hope. Like, I think that is the ultimate goal of art. Um, I think it's it's easy to pretend everything's okay and make art that says that. Um, it's easy to write, you know, create art that's just about how crappy everything is and how crappy your yeah. life is. But to say, I'm going to be real about how bad things are, and then I'm going to bring us up to hope, I think that is the ultimate, and that's actually art that changes the world. Yeah, I think of um, personally Johnny Cash is one of those mm. artists for me, um, in his career arc, but also just in each individual piece of work that I've I've listened to from from him. He's always been somebody who um, that that Helen Back type of idea has been able to um, really reach at the depths of sorrow and and pain and frustration and um, also have it rooted in something real and and more um 
what, who are some of the artists for you that you think exemplify that? Um, you know, it's funny. My kid got really into 21 pilots and I, I'm really impressed with what they've done. Mm. Um, and it's funny. I, I did a podcast on art with a friend, Jimmy on his podcast, Jimmy stable. And I mentioned this, how there's a song called uh, neon gravestones and it talks about, um, artists and how we tend to glorify those artists that die young. And he said, and they say in the song, it's like, we should not be glorifying those people so much as we should be glorifying the people that live a long life. You know, these, these elderly people that have, you know, so much wisdom and everything. And I'm like, that's, that's it. And so I, I, I think, yeah, there, I, I love John Mark McMillan. I mean, he's just a, a phenomenal, yeah. very real artist. And man, every time I hear him on a podcast, I'm just like, that guy is saying everything I want to say. It's incredible. Yeah, that's great. King's Kaleidoscope. That's I don't great. know if you ever heard them. They're great. I too. love King's Kaleidoscope. They're so good. I got to take photos for them when they came back to Phoenix most recently oh before gosh. we moved. Um, and that was that was a great experience. They're they're fantastic people. I'm up here in Seattle now, right? We're near where they are, so hopefully, hopefully, uh, we can do some more work with with them in the future too. So, so um, much talent. Like I can't believe the talent level of those guys. It blows my mind. What's your specialty as far as um, as music goes? I mean, you're you probably do a little bit of everything, but what do you maybe like the most as far as instruments or vocals or I've, or any of that? I've become more of a bass player than anything else. Um, <laughs> I hardly play any do. bass on my album, though. My um, so my my producer slash son Zandy created the instrumentals for eleven out of twelve of the tracks for the album. Yeah. And so, you know, especially with uh, eccentric electric, it was kind of fun because he left so much space for the verse. I was actually kind of angry. I'm like, dang, I'm gonna have to write so much lyrics. And so that that was a really difficult one to write. Um, I guess writing is my strength. Um, My vision for music a lot of times like I've actually I get paid as a clinician at a Christian school, they have like, um, their worship teams. And so I will, I will just come in and just give them pointers about how to build dynamics in their music and Mm. what to add to it. Like just what's missing, what needs to be added. And maybe that's kind of my gifting for a lot of things is Mm. like, what's missing, what needs to be added. Um, I, I think that's what I'm doing in the podcast too, is like, I, I think we need to talk about this, you know? And it's just, I'm doing that musically, but I'm also doing that, like, I guess, ideologically. What's what's one of the most interesting conversations that you've had on the Wax Museum or what's something that sticks out to you? Uh, hmm. I, I mean, it's funny. I, I think a lot of times, you know, an artist just looks at their most recent work and they're like, this is my best work ever. So I guess I'll go with that. Um, we, I had a conversation with Theosaurus Rex where we were talking about, um, about our, our view of war and what that says about how we value human life. And I, I, I just felt like that was something I, it, sometimes you, you'll muse about something on Twitter and you're like, what is, what is this? And you know, someone said, oh, well you, you can't say soldiers don't value human life. And it just ended up being like this terrible Twitter conversation between me and someone else. And I'm like, no, this needs Uh to be like a podcast conversation because I need Mm -hmm. to kind of illustrate the nuance of what I'm saying. 
Because the the mm. crazy thing with war is that we have a tendency to just kind of see it one way. And there's a ton of people that are just like, our soldiers are heroes. And that's why we have freedom now. And I'm like, freedom is bought at the cost of our soldiers, their soldiers, their civilians, our civilians, the families involved with the soldiers. Like, it's so complicated. Yeah. And there's both psychological yeah. casualties and physical casualties. Like, it's such a complex thing. And it's been this notion that I've just been working at, you know, over the last, like, year, just trying to wrap my mind around what I think about war. And it's still, I mean, it's obviously still not all together. Like, like I haven't figured it all out and solved it. But it's like, I just feel like it initiating and kind of getting that ball rolling because I feel like there's just a lot of things we don't think enough about to try to understand the nuance. And I just kind of want to get the ball rolling with that. That's good. I that's that's I, I think war is one of the most underthought, mm-hmm. especially in in the um, in the West. And I, I don't know about Canada because I'm not paying as close attention <laughs> to to the things that go on there. But um, <clears throat> the there's a a significant under um, underthought that goes on in, in that we don't really spend a lot of time thinking about the effects of war. Um, I, I'm not trying to speak for everybody. I'm just trying to say from a, it's not a conversation that I had a lot about uh, growing up. Yeah. And I know there were a lot of adults talking about it in my time. I remember hearing that there were adults talking about the Iraq war or George Bush or any of those sort of things, but for moving bigger than what I'm saying is yeah. moving bigger than individual wars, the concept of why do we ever go to war? It was just kind of a, a presumed. Now we do it. We that's that's what happens. We go to war, and, and yeah, and sometimes it's right, and sometimes it's wrong. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's that's an interesting conversation. Um, so I hope people will go and listen to <laughs> to the conversation you had on that. Um, yeah, and the notion of just war theory, like it was something you know I didn't even want to look at. I was just like, just war theory. That's got to be garbage. <laughs> but actually looking into it, I'm like, okay. And the funny thing about just war theory, which I think they call actually just war doctrine. They've taken it from theory to doctrine in the Catholic church. Um, and I'm, I'm not Catholic, mm. but they got some interesting ideas. It, it was interesting to see kind of this list of like how you evaluate before you go to war, you reevaluate while you're at war. Um, and it's like, I don't know if any war has actually fit yep. all of yeah. these notions, right? And so yeah, it was a commentary I saw from a friend of mine on Twitter that, that said, I'm not sure if there's ever been a just war, but I'm confident the U.S. has never been in a just war. Mm. And I thought, um, I just, I, I, it was just interesting to see um, that conversation being had on Twitter because I would have liked to have had more of those conversations growing up. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'm, that's why I guess I do shows like this is to have conversations that I think could be and should be being had. <laughs> yeah, um, that's been the notion. Like, it's funny. Um, initially with the Wax Museum, I, I did the podcast with a buddy um, and I was like, we're just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And when I kind of took over doing the podcast with guests and not having my 
co-founder in the podcast, I was like, I think these are all just conversations that need to be had. And so that's just kind of the driving force now. Mm. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, anyways, I, I just feel like a lot of what I do, it's like it kind of it kind of um, it's fluid and one moves into the other. And so it's like my music is informing different things that I do. I, I just finished a track called Ghosts. And the notion is making friends with your ghosts or making peace with your past to move forward. I am mm. like, and the whole theme of the album right now is becoming uncaged. And um, I talk about this everywhere now on all the, all the podcasts I go on and everything is like this notion of being uncaged and it's un uncaged spiritually uncaged artistically uncaged ideologically because we we tend to put ourselves in cages we tend to put you know our concept of the divine into a cage too and what happens is when you live inside that cage anything outside of that cage is unrecognizable and you write off anything that's outside of your cage and so I'm really, really driving at that theme right now in everything that I do. And so like even this idea of ghosts, it's like, well, our, our notion is that ghosts are bad. They're outside of the cage. But it's like, what if those ghosts, those things that are haunting you actually serve a purpose? What if you can make peace with them? And it sounds like like the idea of non-resistance to some to some extent, the idea hmm. that rather than fighting or or pushing back against something you can almost in in um you know jujitsu is is very related to to zen and yeah um the idea of letting something use its force but but redirecting it and responding to it that way rather than combating it yeah with more force um so that's i'm 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 looking forward to um hearing how that comes together and in an album and how it all comes together as a whole project. Um, yeah. I, I always open it up toward the end to let the guest ask me a question. If they want to, you don't have to, if you don't have any questions, that's totally fine. Um, but I just, it, it's one way in which I try to make sure that my guest, uh, is actually a, a welcome guest on the show and not just an interviewee. Hmm. So, Anything you might want to ask me? Well, what are you working on right now, and how is it changing you? <sighs> You're the first person to turn it around on me <laughs> like that. That's fun. I like it. Um, well, I'm primarily working on... Um, I just got a job as, as a reporter covering business and development mm -hmm. for a couple small papers here in the Washington area. And so now I'm working on... Um, using my my free time productively and, and even i don't like the word productively using my free time in a way that i enjoy and feel beneficial and good about so mm. you know I, I i don't have a ton of free time anymore um and i want to use that free time to do the things that i care about whether it be my podcast or writing for you know the the writing personal thoughts on my blog or whether it be um taking photos or reading um so i mean that's the number one thing i'm working on right now and it's it's changing how i perceive 
um, the usefulness of my phone and other technologies because um, they get in the way more than they are useful, specifically my phone with social media and everything else. So I'm trying to figure out um, how can I make this device work for my good and yeah. not for my detriment. Um, and and so I'm just you know tinkering here and there with I'm I'm trying to take the Twitter app off of my phone during the work week and only have it on during the weekends and just see how that affects my productivity and um yeah so i think i think that's what i'm working on is is how to be how to use my time in a way that i will enjoy that's good it's good i um i i was listening to this podcast it was like an author who is like i'm now able you know as soon as i hit that kind of i guess level of popularity where I was able to do, you know, authorship or write books full time. I was like, Oh good. I'm going to have all this time now to write my books. And he said there was like marketing, there were meetings he had to go to that inhibited his ability to work on his next project. And so what he ended up doing is he started creating like once a week, there would be an untouchable day. Mm. And so basically he would go to like a coffee shop and he would spend all day there. Like not even his wife could call him. <laughs> if she wanted to talk to him, she'd have to come to the coffee shop if she needed, you know? And I was like, that's such an interesting idea, like an untouchable day. And I tried that for a bit and maybe I want to go back to that. But like this idea that like what I could do is make, you know, my Saturday an untouchable day, at least until I'm done all the work that I need to get done because there's always a lot of podcast editing and stuff like that that I'm yeah. doing that day. And then you have yep. to post about it and try to drum up some like attention on this episode you've released, right? Yep. And um, anyways, yeah, so I tried that a bit and it seems to be really effective. Um, and then you move from having like one untouchable day a week to like two untouchable days a week. So what I was going to do is like Wednesdays and Saturdays will be my untouchable days. And so I'm just not on social media all day. And it's it's surprising how like how m much you don't need social media. You think you do, but you really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm I I've I've um I got off Snapchat years ago and mm. I've not missed it a day since. I bet that's I, addictive. I deleted my my Facebook app from my phone years ago and I've never missed it. And, yeah. and there's a part of me that's like, Oh, you know, it would probably go the same if you left or, or strictly cut down other social medias too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the day's coming where I'm going to need to do that. But yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It took us, months to make it happen but it's actually happened so hopefully we don't have any audio errors that that cause us to have to uh redo it or anything else but um i've really just enjoyed hearing more about your projects hearing more about your time management and um just piques my interest makes me want to go back and listen to the episodes of uh makes me want to listen to episodes of of the podcasts i haven't listened to yet and yeah and the stuff that you know, I've missed out on and, um, where do you want to direct people if they're interested in hearing more, where can they find your, your podcast and your music and all that type of stuff? Um, so you can actually, if you go to my Twitter account in my bio, it links to 
the um, two podcasts, ADD Masterminds and the Wax Museum. That may be the best way to go. Yeah. All right. And just to find to your Twitter account, it. people need to go to at Bridge Livewatt. Exactly. At Bridge Livewatt. No underscores, no periods, nothing's real simple. Livewatt, L-I-V-W-A-T. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Well, I think that's it. Anything else you want to you wanna tell people? I'm just going to say one more thing here. This is like just a notion that came to my head that I was like, I, I like this and I think this would be inspiring or this would be a good kind of explanation or something artists want people to know. Um, the best way to discourage a visionary is to write them off as a dreamer. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think we need to encourage our visionaries because they do get discouraged easily. I like it. It also sounds very Enneagram 4, so <laughs> I like it for that, too. It, it, Guilty. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining me. Thank you.